0: Peggy Hoyt.
1: Hello, pet lovers. Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and this show is brought to you by the law offices of Hoyt and Bryan, where we create estate plans for pets and their people. Also brought to you by Animal Care Trust USA, a national nonprofit dedicated to keeping loved pets in loving homes. We do this by educating pet parents about the importance of getting a pet trust for their loved pet. We also provide trustee services. For more information, you can visit actforpets.org, A-C-T for pets.org. Today, we are pleased to introduce to you and have as our special guest. Her name is Susan Kurowski and she is the Executive Director of Pets for the Elderly Foundation. Welcome to the show, Susan. Thank you. You are so welcome. Let me tell people about a little bit about you. So Susan joined Pets for the Elderly in January of 2006. She was hired as a grant writer and accountant, but quickly took on more responsibility. And she has been their executive director since January of 2009. Prior to joining Pets for the Elderly, Susan spent 20 years working in the financial industry, primarily in institutional equities and managed money at regional brokerage firms. She has also been the investor relations representative for a water filtration company and has owned her own retail business. Susan is married, has three adult children, five grandchildren, and is currently the proud parent of two rescue dogs. And she also tells me she loves to do art when she's not working. So um, you have such a cool opportunity in your job every day, don't you? Oh, I do. I,
2: I can't think of a bad day. Whether it's opening the mail or uh, seeing the successes, I, every day is, is wonderful here.
1: So we all believe in pets for everybody, but this particular mission of this organization is Pets for the Elderly. And um, tell me a little bit about your mission and why you're passionate about it.
2: We have a twofold mission, which I think is, is wonderful for an organization like ours, Uh, We started very basically with the hope of getting more and more animals out of shelters, particularly back when the organization first started, there was a lot more euthanasia for space. So we have the mission of getting animals out of shelters and into forever homes. And we have the mission of providing companionship for older adults.
1: And I see you have a lot of research on your site at petsfortheelderly.org regarding all of the health benefits that animals can provide. Um, Share a little bit of that information with us.
2: What's so interesting to me is just in the short time that I've, relatively short time that I've been with the organization, we've seen how the research has really uh, multiplied. There is more and more research about the benefit of uh, companion animals or pet ownership for for everyone, really, but for older adults in particular is our focus. Uh, but I like to tell people that our founder seemed to be very intuitive because when he started this, um, when we went national, it was 2002. And he this was before a lot of the research came out. And yet he seemed to know the importance of that companionship. He knew as a single man, what it did for his life. And, um, it's, it's just been wonderful to see that, that it's more and more acceptable now to see the importance of that companionship.
1: Well, you and I both know how important that is because we know how much fun it is to come home to a uh, puppy party, dogs (laughs) that throw us a party every time we get home. Um, I can't imagine living life without animals. No,
2: I can't either. I, On the rare occasion that I have to board my dog and um, go out of town, coming back to an empty house is just terrible for me. It, it's, it really feels so strange.
1: Well, they do change the energy in the room. I um, bring two dogs to work every day with me. And um, so I know when I come into the office and there's no dogs here for some reason, it feels very flat. Um, yes. It's just different when they're when they're in the uh, office, even if they're not making any noise or doing anything. And I think that just confirms what we already know is that. um you know, the most serious illnesses for older people are not necessarily cancer or heart disease, but that killer called loneliness.
2: That goes back a lot to the research that you mentioned um, on our site. And there is, there is just so much more out there. Um, I attended a seminar put on by AARP, and it was the results of study that they did about um, the impact of loneliness and isolation on older adults. And it, it was an extensive, very well done study. But the one piece of information that hit me the hardest was that the health impact on seniors of isolation is the same health impact as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that shocking. And there are yes, there's other research too about um I think it was the Harvard Women's Health talked about how our hearts are healthier when we have a pet. And I think that was the first study that came out was that petting a, a dog or a cat lowered your blood pressure. But there's just so much more to it. Having um You know, in these challenging times that came about with the the pandemic and the restrictions, that connectivity, uh, I'm not particularly a hugger, and yet I kept saying, I want to go hug somebody. I need that contact. And um, they have uh, proven that even taking, for a senior, even taking their dog or cat to the vet, they're connected to another human being every small bit we can get helps
1: well and I and I love too that if you take your dog for a walk for example um, you can attract all kinds of people that you wouldn't normally um, interact with necessarily because they're interested in the pets
2: yes yes whether they wave at you from across the street and and would tell you whatever they like about the animal. We actually, I have a happy story about that. If you're interested, sure, absolutely. There was um, our our shelters that are in our program report to us, and I happened to be friends with the executive director of one of them, and she specifically told me about this older man who came in, and he was quite down. Um, he was a widowed and very sad and very lonely, and came in and adopted a dog and went through the whole process. And as he left the interview meet and greet room with his new little white fluffy furry friend, everybody, of course, in the waiting room, oohed and odd. And, and there's that connectivity. But um, he just brightened. And he said, I'm going to be a chick magnet. <laughs> and, you know, uh, they reported back to us later when they do their check ins with the adopters, and. He was meeting people in his community because he had this dog that he was walking.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, not only is he getting out and getting the health benefits of walking, right? But he's meeting new people and um, yeah, just increasing his um, sphere of influence. Really, I love it when people say, um, you know, I walk my dog in the morning in my community, and and I don't know all the people's names, but I know all the dogs' names.
2: That was uh, one of the places that I lived. I knew the name of the woman next door to me and the dog on the other side. And I'm sure people around here know the names of at least one of my dogs. He escapes regularly. Um, he he likes children. And he has been known to actually go to the neighbor's house and knock on the door
1: where they have children. <laughs> that is cute
2: so they hear us yelling his name quite a bit
1: (laughs) well and I know many of my neighbors for that reason as well I know their dog names as well as their names because everybody and I live in the country so we're not on top of each other but we still know each other and uh, we also say the same things in our community about we don't know all the people but we know all the horses names too oh yes so we we get to know each other through our animals and I love that all right. So you mentioned some partner organizations, some partner shelters. Tell us about that program, Susan.
2: We have, um, we do all of our work. I'm an administrative office and we do all of our work through uh, shelters that apply uh, or or rescues that apply to be part of our program. It's a pretty short application and they also have to submit like evidence of being a 501c3 um and particularly right now we're looking for um, partners in states where we don't have any. We're trying to get to be in uh, every state in the in the country. But um, once they apply and we go through and see that they uh, would be appropriate to be in our program, um, they are admitted, we send funding, and they start providing, for the most part, discounted adoptions for senior citizens. Uh, In the past, it was only discounted adoptions that we um, provided. We gave funding, they reported to us, and uh, we felt that our founder felt that this was um, the way to go about getting animals out of shelters you know we seniors like our discounts I go shopping on Tuesday when I when I get that 15% off um and so by it's so it's not income-based but providing that coupon that incentive if you will for seniors to adopt and to get the animals out of the shelters so um last year at the beginning of the year we uh changed it so that our shelters can instead we can't do all services now but they can instead provide to or apply to be uh, providers of veterinary and dental care for needy older adults or they can apply to be um, providers of retention care right now we only have two doing retention and I we have three or four doing veterinary care. And even that covers a wide range of, of services. Um, so we're hoping uh, with with financial ability and with applicants that we'll be able to increase that as well. So um, we have one shelter that uh, provides vouchers. They don't have veterinary service on on location, but they provide vouchers for seniors to get discounted care. And that, that seems to be, it's one of the things I noticed in the years I've been working here. It's it's a higher and higher need. So yeah, if you or your listeners know of a shelter that should be in our program, please have them contact me. Absolutely. And the information.
1: Well, you and I were talking before the show about retention. And, and one of the ideas that we were talking about is Um, the need that some seniors have for when they end up unexpectedly in the hospital or in a rehab situation and um, finding ways to um, provide care or support services to their animals while they're in this temporary situation, um, so that when they return home, that their animals are still alive and healthy and waiting for them. And uh, that's something that uh, I think uh, a lot of organizations um, would want to explore with um, with pets for the elderly.
2: I would. I would love that. We're we are open to right now the. Only two programs we're seeing being used other than reduced cost adoptions um, are the the veterinary dental care and the um, retention services. But we are open if somebody would come to us and say, we have another idea. And can you help us fund that? If they were going to fund something like that for older adults, we would definitely explore that with them and see if there was a way to make that work. Another thing I would love to see, I cannot tell you how many calls I get for people that want an Alzheimer's support dog. And I just can't find anything like that. I would love to have a a shelter or a rescue start some program like that. for an Alzheimer's support dog.
1: Well, we will have to find one for you because (laughs) that also sounds like a wonderful thing. So um, folks that are listening can go to your page at petsfortheelderly.org and find a participating shelter in 32 states. You have 54 shelters currently. And um, I know I'm going to personally do something to try to increase that number. That would Um, be great since I come into contact with shelters and rescues on a regular basis, and um, as well as seniors on a regular basis in my practice. And I will tell you that because we have dogs at our office, um, many of our clients choose us as their law firm because they know that we have dogs at the office and they like that. And it makes them feel comfortable when they come in and relaxed and Nobody wants to go talk to a lawyer, right? So, um, <laughs> well, that's what they tell us. And they're like, oh, I'm really nervous about being here and I'll hand them my little Pomeranian or our golden retriever will come over and lay her head in their lap. And then all of a sudden they're very um, engaged and relaxed and they know that we're there with um, with a good purpose and um, and that our dogs trust us so they can probably trust us too.
2: Oh, Yeah. There's there's so many stories like that about, or children that, that benefit from
1: having an animal in the room. Absolutely. Well, and you have just tons and tons of success stories on your website. So if people want a feel-good moment, they can go to uh, petsfortheelderly.org to success stories and just see one after another. Um, and, and that's so few compared to <laughs> so many and it's just so great because all of us who are big shelter fans, we know that for every animal that comes out of the shelter, it actually saves two lives because it makes room for another one Yes, um, to come in. And we don't ever want anyone to be discouraged from owning a dog or a cat or any kind of a companion animal just because they think they're too old. Um, and I put quotations around that because too old is a state of mind, right?
2: right and but uh, you know because no good deed goes unpunished uh, i do get people who call me up and tell me how dare you um giving these animals to old people and they might be traumatized again and you know it's a there are risks with anything like this and um 30 year olds step off the curb wrong too we the benefits far, far outweigh the risks. And I'd be willing to bet any shelter animal would say, I'll I'll take my chances. <laughs> I'd rather be in a home than here.
1: <laughs> yes, I would rather be loved. And um, yes, and then if those seniors have opportunities to make sure that those animals can then go on and have another family if something were to happen to them. I mean, it, it's all part of that big cycle. And, and you know, I... I was kind of beating myself up the other day because um, I'm no spring chicken either. Um, and I just got a, a miniature horse or two actually, but one of them's only one year old. Oh. And um, so he could live a really, really long time. So as much as I love having him, I know in my heart that I have to have a plan for what would happen to him if something happened to me. And of course, that's one of my most favorite topics to talk about is helping people make those kinds of plans to make sure that pets are going to be protected in the future.
2: Well, we talked about that a little earlier too. My, Our founder was very much in favor of that. And it's one of the things he did for his dog. And it wasn't until... He was working on his plan that, as you and I discussed, that I realized you have to choose an alternate <laughs> for who's going to take those animals. And
1: Absolutely. You can't just rely on one. And then you have to have both those short-term caregivers. So if you have a temporary situation, as well as possible long-term um, right. caregivers,
2: right. in
1: case your short-term situation turns into a long-term situation.
2: He... That is what happened with our founder. And it was it was so interesting to me because um, one of the things that we like to say is that having a pet gives people a sense of purpose and companionship. And they tend to um, take better care of themselves because they know that someone, something is relying on them. And we saw that um, we've, we've spouted that information as long as I've been with the organization and then it happened in real life for us with our founder he became ill um rapidly uh deteriorating and he was taking such good care of himself he said I have to live a little longer I have to see Sammy grow up and and get older with him and it was so fascinating to see it in 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 real life Or Uh, in my own life, my husband had um, open heart surgery six years ago. And we had just gotten this dog that's not leaving my side right now. And he, he was a puppy. And I was kind of kicking myself saying, are we too old to have a puppy? But, oh, he brought such life to my husband. Well, a month after we got him, my husband had open heart surgery. And he came through the surgery fine. Um, when he was awake, he was glad to see me. But his first question was, how's the puppy? (laughs) And I'm pretty sure he got out and got home early because he had to get home and see this dog.
1: Absolutely. He had to get home and see his dog. I think that's fabulous. Yeah, it is. Well, I mean, I I know even when I'm away on business or on a vacation, I miss my animals terribly. So I can only imagine if I was in the hospital or on you know unable to get access to my animals how traumatic that would be um so i love everything that pets for the elderly is doing tell our listeners susan how they can help
2: um basically visit us on our website um, follow us on social media the more uh, followers. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Um, our website is petsfortheelderly.org. You have to spell it all out, get all of those E's. and get
1: those double E's in there.
2: It's really a tough one for us. Um, and uh, we love, you know, following social media brings awareness. More awareness brings us more people that know about the program who could benefit from it. And of course, we are you know, always fundraising and um, the more we are able to raise, the more people we're able to help. Every $50 is an adoption for a senior who is less lonely and an animal that's not in the shelter. And as you mentioned earlier, a place for the next one.
1: Absolutely. So, all right. Thank you so much. Thank you for all you do for animals. And for all you seniors out there, go to petsfortheelderly.org. Or if you know a senior, which you probably do, um, (laughs) visit petsfortheelderly.org and also actforpets.org so that you can figure out how to plan for those pets once you bring them home from the shelter. And we appreciate you listening each and every week to All My Children Wear Fur Coats. And we hope that you'll support those that are guests on our podcast. And we appreciate you. And you know my motto, until there are none, please adopt one. And until next time, happy tales.
0: Thank you for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats with your host, Peggy Hoyt. We hope you learned something valuable for the benefit of your pet.